brands, retail, content and design, brand activation, data, and technology, experiential marketing, the Brandemonium Podcast. Hi, this is Dan from Gwyn Sound, coming to you from Brandemonium in Cincinnati, Ohio. And we have our first guest here, Carrie Smith, the founder of Big Ass Fans. Carrie, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. We're glad to have you. Big Ass Fans. I Tell think me I've ab- heard of that before. Well, <laughs> I'm sure you have. Tell me about how the name Big Ass Fans came to play. Actually, um, we came up with the name. We didn't really come up with the name ourselves. When we started the company, um, we uh, called called it HVLS Fan Company. And I have to say that slowly, otherwise I'll screw it up. It's got quite a ring uh, to it. Yeah. yeah, no, it slides right off the tongue. <laughs> and, uh, and what that stood for was high volume, low speed fans, which is a good descriptive uh, for the fans because they were, um, um, you know, <laughs> I was just like, I always mess that up. And I thought, did I just mess that whole thing up with the HVLS? Uh, <laughs> the, uh, anyway, is a good descriptor because we used a very small motor, one horsepower motor, to move uh, uh, foils, blades, fan blades, mm-hmm. uh, 10 of them, uh, over a 20-foot section, 24-foot section after we developed a little bit more. So they were huge fans. Anyway, so when we started the company, um, People would call us up, and uh, we'd answer the phones, uh, HVLS Fan Company, and inevitably, the person on the other end of the pa- the, on the other end of the line, there'd be a little pause, and they'd say, "Are you those guys that make those big ass fans?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, okay, that might be a good name." And and uh, so we were, I guess. Uh, into the second year is when we changed the name. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was interesting. Um, we got a lot of uh, pushback, which was great um, because that's what you want. I mean, unless they're they're coming at you with uh, pitchforks and uh, <laughs> uh, tar and feathers, I mean, it's good. Um, <laughs> we actually uh, used uh, uh, postcards uh, for a long time in the beginning and we'd send out these bulk postcards, thousands, tens of thousands of postcards that had a fanny, who was the big ass, on one side and then a picture of the fan on the other. Uh, and the uh, postmaster in Louisville would not, would not collect our mail, would not send our cards along, which again was great marketing. I mean, we told everybody we could possibly tell about that, so that was a good thing too. And then we used to get a lot of um, mail from people that uh, that told us precisely what was going to happen to us when we went to hell, because that's exactly where we were going, and uh, which was hilarious. And we made a big deal out of that as well, and we posted as much of that as we possibly could, sans the people's names. But what was interesting about that was that I would suggest that uh, maybe... 5% of the population would just rail and rail and even call us on the phone and say nasty things. Um, but the other 95% was like, basically, you go, guys. I mean, this is cool. Those guys, don't pay any attention to them. I go to church every Sunday, and, you know, Mary rode to Bethlehem on the back of an ass, and it's great. They mentioned it in the Bible 46 times. So it was very, very interesting. Uh, and I was sort of sorry, as you, one can imagine, to see that. That was a time 
mm-hmm. that lasted, mm, I don't know, maybe four or five years was the heyday of the people saying nasty things to us. Mm-hmm. And, and when it's gone, you sort of miss it. Sure. So that really propelled your brand then? The name oh, it change. Did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yes. Yes, it did. Um, well, I used to go to uh, a lot of the fans uh, in the beginning, all of the fans were sold to industrial uh, firms. Mm-hmm. And I would personally go uh, for the longest time uh, on sales calls. And it was funny. Uh, I would go to a front desk of some big company and uh, tell the receptionist who I was. And it's like, oh, my God, the guy from Biggest Fans is here. And, and uh, I would get whoever it was that I, that I wanted to talk to. He'd step right up, you know. They, it was like a little event. And you'd go to the uh, walking in the halls, and they would have their, their post boards, and they would have some of our, uh, our postcards on the boards. It was mm-hmm. funny. I mean, it was sort of a – it was like we were – a lot of people were in on a joke. Is sure. what it was. It felt like that's that's what you were involved with. Yeah. Well, so. it's it seems it's amazing that a name change could have that much influence across kind of multiple connections, if you will. It, it's almost acted as a as an icebreaker. For well, you. no, no, I agree, and I think that I think it's uh, uh, like what Nike uh, did with uh, 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 Colin and. I think it's one of those things that, that people go, oh, no, 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 don't do that. No, don't do that. And you do it and you go, oh, well, that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing the way people respond to that. People are very, uh, we heard from one fellow today that was talking about uh, being brave. And I think that people have to be brave. And I think that when you're talking about brand, you have to be, you have to put it out there. Because from our perspective, we were in a relatively staid environment uh and which is industrial i mean you know it's pretty boring really when you get right down to it um and uh when we started uh, there were still a lot of magazines uh and you want to stand out now i it shifted it was interesting from 99 into the knots it shifted from uh print to to digital Mm -hmm. Uh, but we were able to work that um fairly easily Though I'll say that the way we worked it was not was not digitally. I mean, we we obviously took advantage of digital, but uh, we did a lot of it with paper because people. What's funny about it um, is now, if you get something in the mail, you open it because you don't get that much in the mm-hmm. mail. I get a lot of junk email, mm-hmm. but not a lot of mail, and um, so I think that's helped a bit too. So. Tell me a little bit more about, so there's there's this wonderful brand, the wonderful brand name that did so much for your company. Um, you have been kind of slated as, a, as someone who had some contrarian business practices. And I guess that, that relates to how you kind of maybe ran the company and the relationship that you developed with your employees. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, what jumped to the surface was kind of the compensation plan. Tell me about a little bit about that. Well, um, I think that uh, it was pretty obvious to me uh, fairly early that we were going to be successful because we had a great product. And as you said, we had a great name and it was a lot of fun and a lot of people were paying attention to us. And, and 
it didn't seem to me <clears throat> to be fair to take advantage of all of that. <clears throat> and so I've always been one that is very, uh, that's fortunate, but uh, anxious to share um, with others because there's, I mean, money. I, well, I used to tell people that uh, we had to make money to stay in business, but we weren't in business to make money. Mm. And and that's really the, the truth. It's not something we thought about, not something I thought about. And But we did make money. And I wanted to make sure that everybody that worked with me uh, had a good time mm -hmm. and was well compensated. So we paid the average, we paid 40% more than was average to pay individuals in Kentucky and 30% more than uh, the U.S. average. Mm -hmm. And um, we also had a SARS program, which is a stock appreciation rights, which mm -hmm. is a variant of uh, stock options, only friendlier for the employee. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, when I sold the company, which was last December, uh, I uh, wrote checks to the people that were in that program uh, for $50 million. And we made a lot of millionaires, um, or not a lot, well, I don't know, sort of a lot, 15, 16 people. Wow. And, um, and it's cool when somebody tells you, you know, you've changed my life. That's a cool, that's a cool feeling. And, and um, so I think that worked well. We did a lot of other things. We, we had uh, subsidized lunches. We had f free beer. Uh, we had all sorts of things. But again, a, a lot of it, I think, is simply um, one has to empathize with one's coworkers. And one, one has to recognize that... Uh, but for they, I mean, you wouldn't have anything. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that uh, I think that all of that paid off because we had very, very low turnover, mm -hmm. uh, and um, we had very few complaints. I think we had a situation. We sold the firm to, or we sold our company to a PE firm, a private equity firm, mm -hmm. and I think they must have looked at it and thought that we were just fat and stupid because of how much we were paying. We did the majority of our manufacturing in the states. The only manufacturing we did overseas was for our uh, overseas offices. And you built big-ass fans without any investor help, is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Yeah, well, um, one, I suppose, because I, I, I was just talking to somebody and telling him that, you know, I think I could work for somebody else, but probably not and and I just um, when you when you bring on VC money when you bring on investor money you're dancing to somebody else's tune I mean they have the fiddle they're gonna they're gonna call the dance mm -hmm. and there's no other way you can do it mm -hmm. and I think that there are certainly situations where that's um, where you have to do that where that's necessary but it's amazing because of the media, I think, uh, touts investments, you know, it's your first round, your A round, your B round, your this, your that. And these people think that that's, that's the meaning of business. That's complete BS. I mean, that's how you sell your soul. It's totally ridiculous. So anyway, so we're trying to get beyond that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a story that, that uh, should be told more often. Perfect. Love it. Um, 
I would assume that one of the reasons that you feel like maybe you couldn't work for somebody else is because you know that these some of these unconventional, if you will, business practices are never going to be tolerated by a bigger organization no. that has shareholders. So. No, I, and I agree. I well, yeah, maybe maybe shareholders. I you know, the um, I think a lot of it is uh, we our workforce. Everybody complains about the millennials. But that's what we built our workforce on, and and we did it purposefully. Uh, and the reason is, uh, from my perspective, that hiring kids between 21 and 30 for their first job or second job, uh, and right out of school, was always a good thing because uh, they're very creative. They they have a tendency to be very creative. They're more flexible, and they don't have any bad habits. Sure. How does brandemonium? assist someone like yourself and or your workforce so what's what's kind of your your purpose for for being here well i think from my perspective my purpose is uh hopefully to tell people what i've done and 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 um acknowledge which is that i've been successful which is more difficult than you might imagine (laughs) uh and uh, and hopefully other people can take advantage of it. Uh, I think that when I go to uh, uh, meetings or events like this, uh, my hope is that I can say something or I will say something or I will meet somebody where uh, I'm, 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 it's a teaching moment where I'm telling them something. I did this. This is the way I thought about it. Uh, maybe that's of use to you. Uh, and I think sometimes it is, and I, uh, this has been very good as far as I'm concerned as relates that. Um, and uh, I, I think that's all you can hope for with something like this. And then to network. And again, I think that more than when I was running the company, when you're running a company, that's what you're doing. You're not doing anything else. Uh, you don't get out to do anything. <clears throat> but um, since I sold a business and started or have the beginnings of another, uh, I've recognized that a lot of it is networking. It doesn't all happen inside, you know, my head. It, sure. it gets outside of that. And I think one of the one of the other things I learned is that the uh, ability to tap into um, the consumer's mind via the various analytic tools that are available now that weren't available at all when we started the business. I think uh, are are exceptionally useful, and I think that that's that's when you come to something like this, you realize that there are a lot of people that are in the same situation, and 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 you want to. It's just a big meetup, I guess, and you get right down to it. Sure, awesome. Well, I learned a lot just from talking to you today, so we appreciate that's you being on the show, and uh, good luck in the in your next venture. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, it. thank you so much. Thank you. Take care now. Uh huh. Bye bye, Dan.